My name is Jack Oatway. And I'm Jay Oatway, and we'd like to welcome you to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. That's right. Like Dragon, Like Sun, father-son podcast, all about D&D. And this week, we have got a few wonderful things lined up to talk about. That's right. Uh, we're going to touch a little bit on Gothic lineages today. Mm-hmm. Uh, some new UA that's come out that's Unearthed Arcana for those of you just tuning in. And uh, if you've, you were with us when we were making our New Year's resolutions, uh, we talked a little yeah. bit about trying to make ourselves uh, some characters that we were don't outside our make. comfort yeah, zone. Exactly. So Jack's had a bit of a look at uh, a barbarian. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the thing about going outside our comfort zone, I have to say, like the one that I, I made up, um, which is now slipping my mind what did i make what did this, you make was it a sorcerer did you make a it sorcerer was the, it was a druid thing druid and we'll find it yeah uh oh oh salem charms that's yeah, right salem charms that's what she was one of our previous episodes so yeah so salem charms was a difficult build i don't think she was a terribly good build i think no. she was kind of fun i think she's pretty broken though in hindsight looking back at broken it broken bad like, or broken good broken bad like yeah. i don't think I made that made good choices. If I'd been role playing her straight away, like if we were right into a new game, I think I would be talking to the DM probably by session two, going, "I want to change some stuff." Yeah. Um, a druid lock. Yeah. A Funny druid, concept. Druid actually, which was super practical. Wasn't even a sorcerer practical. in there. It was just yeah. make a warlock druid combo. It was weird. Um, I wasn't sure it worked. So we'll see if, uh, if mm. this week Jack's barbarian rogue works any better. I want to try and draft up something, and this is kind of out of left field, but you know how that kind of sucked with the wisdom and the charisma? Yeah. What if you could choose your spellcasting ability as a spellcaster class? Like, you didn't have to be a wisdom druid. Like, you could be an intelligence druid who studied all about nature, Yeah. you know, or a charisma druid who knows how to speak with the, the life and embodies the soul of nature, you know, in a more shaman-y, spirity way, you I know? Yes, but then everything is, like... It's true. Then everything, everything loses meaning. It, 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 like, and there's no reason. There's already a little bit of this happening with race. Not that I have any problem with it per se, but I guess, I guess it sometimes like makes me feel like certain characters aren't so special anymore. Because if we're it's all true. just like, okay, I'm just going to pick whatever I want from whatever list of things I want, and there's no restrictions, it sort of feels like playing tennis with a net down or something, <laughs> right? That there's there's a bit, you know what I mean? Like some of the actual challenge of the game is gone if you can just pick anything you want but um, but i suppose it's not an automatic like i succeeded anything it's just like i oh i really wish i had this one point in this thing and i I really want to be intimidating but my spell casting doesn't work with it and so it's like okay well we can lump them into one ability how about that i know but i sort of think that if we do that and i'm not an expert on what would make this game completely balanced if it's even possible to balance this game but i worry that you go down that route and there's going to it's going to prove very quickly that there's one way to build things mm. that's uber powerful yeah. and everybody's just going to start dumping into that. And I mean, there already is that is the thing. Yeah. And so you trust that players, you know, don't abuse that in some ways that I build characters that aren't just powerful, but that are, you know, yeah, that are interesting, interesting. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Making interesting characters with Gothic lineages. We also want to talk about a little bit about, you know, ending and starting campaigns and, we're going to try and tie the two together, interlink them a little bit. Um, so here's my pitch. The party's died. TPK. Worst case scenario. Hey, that's how you finish a, a That's how a you campaign. finish a campaign. All right. Level 20. Big bad. Kill them all. God, that's bad. Most, but, most of but, my experience with, with campaigns finishing, the truth is I don't think anybody ever, like, I've never been in one that's, like, like properly, like, just, da-da-da-da, we're finished. Yay. It's always been a little bit, you know, we lose some players and the time doesn't work out anymore and, you know, pandemics roll in, whatever. And that group, particular group, just can't get together and play anymore. And so you end up filling that slot with, yay, new game, new players, new thing, new table, whatever. 
And yeah, like I suppose there's always this possibility that we could resuscitate those characters and go back to them. But I sort of feel like it's, you know, I, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a lot of campaigns out there that are finishing. I have my doubts. I suspect that they're a lot like ours where everybody goes into it hopeful that you'll play your characters through to a ripe old age. Uh, but, uh, or, or that they might die a heroic death or the whole party maybe mm. somehow through random bad luck gets completely wiped out. Um, I don't know. Uh, but typically I don't think finishing is something anybody plans. Mm. Uh, I guess my Chris Estrade when I am, I do have a, a, a plan. Like I do think that one of two things will eventually happen that they will, eventually get into castle ravenloft mm. and eventually they will confront strahd and either they will be victorious or they will die yeah. well well that's just my thing if they do die idea combining with gothic lineages they can go into the next campaign next curse of strahd run through with reborns and in and, and dampiers and right. hex bloods so <laughs> of their previous right characters. so this is like so lineages are sort of like replacements for race in a way mm. so you can be you could in theory be an elf or a human or a half orc or whatever like physically looking but take uh dampier or hexblade or reborn as your origin mm. right so you yeah. lose you give up your normal set of racial features and options and take these ones instead well they kind of are their own race in a, in a way well yes and no they're they don't get anything they else. don't they specify don't... at all what they look like or what they have to be so look wise you are kind it's of true you determine your appearance and whatever you, you know re you resemble i think that's just lifted straight out of custom origins though yeah um custom lineage which is also a new thing i believe right the but they added it's not a new thing it's from tasha's but still it's something they've recently added to D, &D beyond which right. check out D, &D on, and beyond and so this is so the idea on this is that yeah we aren't and this is it goes back to myself my feelings that sometimes we are playing with uh without a net anymore but you can essentially take the racial traits of any particular race and put it with the look and feel of another one or mix and match or kind of do whatever you want there's a certain set of rules that sort of well, try to can't really do that I think balance it out a little bit argument, but, but yeah okay but i'm you're right it may not be completely carte blanche but there's a lot of freedom now. Well, the only freedom they've introduced really is that you can change the language, change any skill proficiencies, which, you know, at most it's taking like a free survival into a now perception. Well, boo-hoo, what a big change, you know. Or, well, actually, I think that's great. What a f excellent thing to round out a character, especially if you don't really want sure. survival. When, or, and... Uh, change your ability scores i mean i think that's the most controversial right. point that well the, you the ability think, scores now it's just like increase up, one score by two and another one by one and sure you kind of move that around wherever you want mm -hmm. and you're done whereas before it was very dictated right and yeah. a lot of people weren't happy with that certain races were being yeah described just meant as that strong certain races or weren't smart played. or whatever it, yeah but it also just meant that in power building or in whatever certain races weren't played at all or they weren't combined with certain classes yeah or that they'd always end up down the same route or they'd never be selected and i think that you know now there's more interesting potential for characters and i think that's great in my opinion i, I have no issue with that um i do want to talk about some of the new custom lineages although i think they kind of are their own races in a way okay but i just don't know what they look like because it to me they sound like they could be human but they could be up well, to the player to well, decide. Well, they were some humanoid race. Sure. And now they're dampiers, which is, means they, they've lost, besides resemblance of some kind, they've lost the powers of their prior race. Right. So now... Exactly. It says that they're poised dampier. between the worlds of the living and the dead. Dampiers retain their grip on life, yet are endlessly tested by vicious hungers. Hmm. Their ties to the undead grant Dampiers a taste of a vampire's deathless powers in the form of increased speed, dark vision, and a life-draining bite. Mm. Uh, I like all the origin stuff they, so they like, suggest as well. But you know what I mean? Like at the same time, like that doesn't that doesn't say it has to be human. No. Why does it have to be human? 
No, and I sort of think you could come back like you could, you're half orc or whatever it could be. Now, I mean, my characters in Curse of Strahd are either human or elf, so it's not like a big issue. So uh, yeah. you could be elf campers, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so basically just, it gives you some, some cool stuff. Uh, what do the Dampier hungers do? Um, I think it's just sort of for fun flavor. If you want to have a little bit more, you know, you know, what does your character feed on? You know, do they drink blood? Do they eat raw meat? Well, there's a rule. You know? There's a, there's a, a if you want to do it randomly, mm-hmm. if you don't want to like actually customize it, you can like roll a D8. Sure. It's it's inspiration, and, just like our table and then, tables. Yeah, determine what tempts your character to feed. Is it blood? That's just like the obvious the one. The classic vampire one. Um, but it could other be other things like psychic energy. So if you were hanging mm-hmm. out with uh, with my... Mind uh, Flayers or something. Or the, the game that we're playing uh, this weekend, the continuation of the one where we are... I'm, well, people listening don't know about that, no. but... Uh, there's a home game though that we're playing in where it's an online game we're playing with some friends that i have a soul knife mm. and if you played a damper in that one you'd be like and rolled yeah, five on maybe. this table where else do you see like psychic energy show up though who knows every creature has psychic energy do they yeah why not uh um, that's what allows them to be telepathically spoken to and moved around everything has psychic energy you could say it that why not it's fantasy it's not real what are esoteric humors esoteric humors that's another one that you can freed on although the cerebral spinal fluid is kind of an obvious one Uh, i like the colors from one's appearance (laughs) or dreams drinking someone's dreams yeah or life energy those ones are kind of like spooky um so it also means you don't really need to be a vampire you know per se this could just be anything that feeds you know and has these abilities right bigger walking speed i think i i'm gonna try and make an argument that this could be a werewolf let's try and flavor this as a werewolf why not you're sort of half human but you you can sort of take on this appearance um that's made you a little bit faster you know that gives you some strength you could choose you could choose that you're hunger for flesh or something yeah and that you're some sure why not some i suppose maybe let's do some undead thing because it has to be undead right Mm. Some undead werewolf, is that a thing? I don't know. Dark vision, oh, spider climb. Right. It does sort of say that you're like in, in between. Bites. And it does, I guess the idea is that, you know, if you were to come back in the campaign as a dampier, mm. that the reason you've come back is that you now, you're, yeah. you're partly undead, that something has kind of brought you back to life, but you're not completely fully back. You've got sort of one foot in the grave still. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about this, which honestly, you know, you think maybe rogue for this or something like that, that's sort of dexterous and, and, and sneaky, like a phantom rogue, perhaps. I'm thinking, you know, barbarian for this. And this is not the barbarian I've built, mm. but it's a simple melee weapon, not a finesse weapon. doesn't state. So it is a strength weapon. And you can add your constitution to it. So... All you strength con barbarians out there who are, you know, even, well, maybe at high levels this gets a little bit crazy. Like, imagine a 20th level, again, imagine a 20th level barbarian with, you know, 24 strength and constitution from primal champion. What's that? Plus 14 to hit, you know, plus proficiency bonus? So that would be plus 20 to hit. How crazy is that? That's crazy. Plus 20 bite and, you know, 1d4 plus 7 damage. That's pretty cool right i think that's pretty pretty neat yeah the especially with barbarian could be a fun idea out there not what i built in terms of my barbarian but hey what a something on the fly right there that's cool and spider climb's always fun yeah so yeah uh you regain hit Damn points parody. equal to the damage dealt by the bite that's not bad well it's a d4 plus your constitution modifier that's not bad though mm. if like if that's your if you make that your primary attack you could well you can only heal like a couple times, right? At lower levels, that's not bad. Like twice. Yeah. It's not a whole lot of healing either, but it's kind of cool. I think at higher levels, you transition to the gain a bonus to the next ability check or attack roll. Especially if you have an extra attack, you bite something and then boom, bonus to the next attack roll. Right. So it's important to make it clear that you can only use this bite 
the number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. No, no, no. Bonus. You can only empower the bite a number of times equal to ah. your proficiency bonus. You can bite as much you as you want. You can just bite as much as you want. But you can only gain, regain hit points or gain bonuses right. like twice, three times, you know, scaling with your proficiency bonus. And it's per long rest. Per so. long rest, yeah. So gritty yeah. realism players, be careful. Well, well Doesn't, you know. Depends how you're playing it. But yeah, interesting. So, you know, the question of does this fit into Curse of Strahd? Maybe. Uh, mm. Maybe. Like, it's an easy way to, without rolling out some crazy subclass or something, it's a much easier way to, if a character died, say, was killed by Strahd, um, that they perhaps awaken in a grave somewhere, climb out, and now you basically just change their race and they can keep all the rest of their character abilities like their their class and levels and whatnot and the real change then just happens to their and you can even let them choose which ability scores if they want to switch it around or want to keep it the same or kind of similar to what they had before mm. and voila you now have somebody with kind of creepy vampire abilities yeah Especially if they're a human, like like a regular human, this could be a fun upgrade for them. Even, yeah. You know? uh, although I suppose if you were a variant human, I kind of suck. Would to you lose? lose the feet. You'd lose the feet that you had. Well, I'd just make sure, like, no, you don't get spider climb, you don't get dark vision, you don't get the boost of speed. I don't know. I think coming back from the dead, maybe you just aren't as good at some things that you used to be good at. Well, that to... sucks because I didn't have control over that, and now I lost my whole you feet. Were freaking dead. What were you hoping for? maybe a new character <laughs> yeah, maybe and i make a damn here i want a damn make <laughs> um it's kind of cool though not the only one of the three um to be said although one last thing the origins i like number four uh if you roll a d8 for you know what is your origin this one's kind of cool a parasite inhabits your yeah, body i saw that one as well that becomes like a little bit of a different sort of uh vibe yeah yeah very i imagine almost like you know those like fungus which take over dead bodies like i imagine you could play a circle of spores druid with this you know and have it's like there's this fungus that's like made you undead but keeping you sort of alive but it needs to feed and eat you know and it's given you the ability to climb across walls and you know hasten and then for your ability score you take like you know wisdom and constitution and when they say gothic characters i really sometimes think when you start describing these they don't just mean like gothic they actually just they mean Spooky. these are supposed to be s f creepy horror characters uh which is kind of what they use the word gothic to sort of I think that's okay i think lots of people do uh there's another one now called hexblood mm. as well so you can make a hexblood hexblade that's right blood blade hex squared blood blade <laughs> uh yeah Air of hags, not just any sort of hex weird creature, but you think they are hags. Uh, the children, the creations, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Well, interestingly enough, you could, with the patron thing, you could also go, uh, like I did with Salem Charms, and have uh, hags as your warlock patron. Yeah, archfey type thing, right? Yeah, they were, they were fathom... Well, that's sea hags, right? Yeah, there were sea hags, fathomless. But yeah, you could go anyway with the hags. You could be archfey hags. Archfey. You could do undead hags. Is sure. that a thing? Uh, what are that? What are night hags? They're not undead. They're they're infernal. infernal. You go fiend, fiend to a night hag. Crazy. Some ideas, um, but some potential origins for you. Um, you were a child of the wilds. You made a deal with a hag. Uh, a druid transformed you. Um, you began life as a fey creature. I like to think you go Pinocchio style with that. <laughs> and that you like did enough good deeds that someone made you a real boy, but you're still sort of a hex blood. You made a deal with a hag and you didn't use a cupcake. So <laughs> they twisted your words and transformed you. Yeah. That's kind of cool. What's the word elder cross? Unusual crown. Interesting. So it's like all about a part of the you know transforming interesting trying to get you in the vibe so this is um so the idea with hex bloods is that and what well, with all of these when it may all of them i'm sure reborns the same way but they uh yeah so they are as well so what all of these origins do is they actually give you two uh creature types uh 
So you're both, if you're a hex blood, it says you're both fey and humanoid, uh, mm. which is a kind of interesting. And the vamp, the dampier one was both uh, obviously undead and humanoid. So, yeah. Yeah. So maybe a, your arch fey if you went with the hex blade thing. It's uh, a cool idea. Uh, then boost up your charisma and like dexterity or constitution with that. It's cool. For languages, you could pick Sylvan. That seems like an easy one. Uh, for creature type, you're humanoid and fey. Um, medium or small. So you could be a little halfling. <laughs> Hexblood. Uh, 60 foot dark vision. You can, ooh, advantage on ending or avoiding charm conditions. Uh, and you can cast Disguise Self and Hex with the straight. And you can choose which um, ability score you want to use for it. Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma. So that's nice. I like that a lot. Uh, and you can only cast each of them once per long rest or with any spell slots you have. And then finally, uh, Magic Token. As an action, you can pull... This is one I'm not a super huge fan of, but I don't know, kind of creeps me out a little bit. Uh, you can like pull out one of your nails, tooth, like lock of hair, uh, and the token is imbued with magic until you finish a long rest. Uh, well, the token is imbued in this way. You can use an action to send a telepathic message to the creature holding or carrying the token at will i feel i there's no limit to how many times you can ask someone about you know um which i think is kind of weird uh like a, an infinite sending at, at first level which is kind of fun um kind of i don't know how i'd role play that with some hex bloods that i'd make but uh, nevertheless uh, as long as you're on the same plane of existence uh, and are within 10 miles of it it can contain up to 25 words so essentially exactly like sending and then in addition, while you're within 10 miles of it, you can like look through it, at which point it breaks. Um, and then you can't do it again until you finish your long rest. Yeah, that's all very witchy. Yeah, it is. Is it though? Do hags have that power? To scry? No, to, to pull out their fingernails and give it to you and then telepathically speak with you. Uh, it just sounds creepy and witchy. I don't know, man. It's a little weird for me. I, I could see this being an uh, Oath of Ancients Paladin as well. I think that could be a very cool one. Um, Druid, uh, again, I'm trying to brainstorm some, some potential things. A, a cool maybe Wildlands Barbarian, a Gloomstalker Ranger. Um, again, the new Phantom Rogue could be cool with this or a Scout of some sort. Yeah, I mean, this, this, these are all great Halloween season yeah. players who want to be kind of gross and hey bring bring it to the all year round bring halloween bring, all bring year it, round I, i'm with that for sure um again do i see this necessarily playing out in the curse of strahd sort of setting that i'm running eh. would if i tpk'd them all would they come back would as a they might i mean they there are definitely witches in the setting there's definitely uh hags in the setting um who are creepy and weird and uh Mm. Yeah, it could be. It could be really opening up a lot of uh, sort of role play potential if they all want to come back as hexbloods and form a little coven that then worked its way back into taking control of Castle Ravenloft. <laughs> mm. I like a lot. I, I think I, my favorite of the three is the Reborn. Yeah, which is the final one. I think it's the most versatile. Well, it feels like it's been... They've tried to do this a few times. What do you mean? Well, wasn't there a rogue that was sort of... Uh, well, that's what the Phantom ended up becoming. But yeah. and But it was sort of... I like that it's a race. Yeah. Know, I, I sort of feel like group. they kind of separated a couple it's of cool. like, two ideas that were together that have sort of come separately now. It's fine. Um, this is UA still, so... Yeah. I like some of the... I thought, the thing I like this is I that it doesn't need to be I undead. Think it's, I think it's UA now so that it'll be out in time It for doesn't Halloween need to be undead. It could be Construct, which I like. So, like, my favorite one of them uh, later like, is uh, on the, like, Origins. You can also roll sort of similar to the Dampier. Uh, and it's eight. In public, you pass uh, as an unremarkable individual, but you can feel the itchy straw stuffing inside you, which I think is sort of a funny, like, weird scarecrow thing. Um, but you could be like kind of Warforged, but not if you don't really want to play Warforged. If you like to do Eberroni, this is your way to play a, a robot man. Um, 
I like ones that you were a necromancer servant or you were, you know, petrified, but then suddenly it returned, you returned somehow to consciousness. Um, or that it hosts a possessing spirit yeah, you that could replaces be a bit of, your missing appendages. You could be a bit appendages. Frankenstein, monster sewn back together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, there's a lot of sort of ways to play this um, as a, like a flesh golem type construct. Yeah. Or, or in any, or as, yeah, even a, a clockwork golem looking thing, like sure. full metal alchemist style thing. Yeah, could put it together that way as well. Yeah. So construct or undead, which I think is fun. Languages, yeah. ability scores. I mean, the reborn. You could always. also simply, you know, you could make everybody in the party after you TPK them all reborn, and they all just simply crawl back out of the grave. Yeah, um, as constructs or undead. You know, and you have no memories except for a single name. <laughs> Strahd. It's a fun one. Yeah, uh, my Strahd is yeah, kill Strahd. Your size is medium or small you know as before so someone made you into like a little teeny brain in a <laughs> in a vat but the idea is that reborn suffer for some some sort of uh manner of discontinu- discontinuity an interruption of their mm-hmm. lives uh and their memories of events before that interruption are often vague or absent and that's kind of fun as well i mean yeah how much DM can... opportunity for hooks yeah. and backstory re- revelations Mm. Yeah, they get dark vision. And they have a deathless nature. <laughs> so and I have like some friends who want to start doing Curse of Strahd, and my old party, I just TPK'd them. I give the old, the new party, the old characters character sheets. Take the names off of them, and they're reborn. I'm like, here you go. Here's change some like race, eighth yeah. level things. You change them to uh, unborn races, and just let's say mm, reborn. Yeah, but nobody wants to do that. Look. We all it's know true. that we want to make to touch make, on again. Man. What's what's the best part of starting a new campaign? Being to make new characters that you want to make and try new exactly. things, and the DM gets to try new things. It's so much fun. I'm not sure about handing out characters to players. I don't know. I think for new players that are a little, little daunted, sometimes just like, all right, here's the things you got to look out for. We have a number here. This is your AC. If something is rolls above that, it hits you. You know, this is how many hit points you have. These are the spells you cast. And you say, okay, what is the general vibe you want? You know, almost like, a sh- like you let the chef choose, you know. I want the chef's choice, you know. Uh, and the DM being the chef in this case whips up or, you know, takes one of the pre-made ones. It's like, so do you want, to, do you want the fighter menu or the, the wizard menu? Like, oh, I, I want to try being a fighter. Okay, he was a pre-made fighter, you know. The blackboard special. Exactly. The fighter special, you know. The lunch set <laughs> the champion lunch set champion lunch set Ugh, champion lunch set <laughs> so vanilla honestly probably good for new players well first level look first level champion is not going to confuse anybody that's true very true you're not like what do my special powers do there you are not even a champion at first level you just hit it with <laughs> your sword baby just hit it with your sword just hit it with your sword run up to it and hit it yeah kind of i kind of wanted to return to that you know instead of like people go i want to return to monkey you know from humans it's just like i want to return to fighter first level fighter first level fighter um but finishing off the reborns which is important as we transition into my phantom uh zealot barbarian which i've made uh he is a reborn they i don't know uh it doesn't really matter uh to me uh they have advantage on uh saving throws against disease and being poisoned and death saving throws and they have resistance to poison damage you don't need to eat drink breathe and you don't need to sleep, and you can't be put to sleep. Long rest for you is only four hours. So it's like elf's elf meditation. It's like an elf trance, essentially. Plus, no needing to eat, drink, breathe, advantage on death saves, and advantage on saving throws. Which makes you like disease yeah. and poisoned, and resistance to poison damage. So it's a, a lot forging. right there. A lot. So you don't need to actually make a warforge if you want to do, you do a if you want to do this instead. exactly, and he doesn't need to be too Eberroni at that point, you yeah. know. Because it can just be like, all right, we'll use this. And then knowledge from a past life. Uh, you can temporarily, uh, temporarily remember sporadic glimpses of the past, perhaps faded memories from ages ago or previous life. And so, you know, whenever you make an ability check that uses a skill, you can roll a d6 and add it to your roll. A uh, number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And then, you know, you need to have a long rest. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, so that brings me to the phantom zealot i don't really have a name for him 
I think even just the combination of the subclasses. What do you get for right like ability cool. score things? And it's it's all the same. It's whatever you every, want it to be. Plus two to one. Plus thing, two and plus, plus one. To one. Thing. So they're the same on all of them. Yeah, whatever yeah. you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. super versatile. Cool. It's pretty cool. So we start off uh, as a, a reborn. I chose for my uh, ability score increase a plus two to strength and a plus one to constitution. For languages, I just chose undercommon because that feels like a little bit. I don't know. It's just like an easy. No second one to have, maybe past life, maybe whatever. It doesn't really matter. This one's it doesn't matter. Uh, languages often, I think people struggle with like picking yeah, languages like why do for I know this language. You know? Yeah, unless you actually have a campaign setting. Mm. And as a DM, do your players a favor and tell them the languages of the land. Like, yeah. work it's just like tell like, your rangers, you know, you're going to be in a desert campaign, or like yeah. just like understand tell them what all where, where the happen. setting is and what languages are spoken. Or in the you know, try and like tell your players, oh, don't choose a language, and we'll just add one for you because I have a bunch of custom all human races have different languages or whatever if you're doing some sort of custom language yeah. setup, I like when humans have got more than one language exactly then you can add it on the character sheet in D&D yeah. Beyond it doesn't need to be added in the character builder although that blue exclamation mark may annoy you <laughs> um, creature type is uh, medium or oh, sorry uh, undead I went undead with this one I've made a construct one before but this one's undead uh, and for size it is medium so cool out the gate lots of uh, undead stuff I don't know their origin. We could roll and figure out what they could be, but I want it to be sort of undead. First level, barbarian. Uh, well, we'll get to abilities in a second, but for proficiencies, we take athletics and intimidation. Uh, we get a guy. rage. Yeah, that's right. We get a ra- I imagine this could be like, you know, zombie rage, something like that, right? You make it flavor undead. Uh, brains. Brains. <laughs> An armor defense, reckless attack, danger sense. Uh, all the stuff you're familiar with. I turned on the optional class feature of primal knowledge to give Why myself not? survival. Because I feel like someone who's died and come back has got to know how to you know, survive a little bit. Sure. Um, and then for my primal path, this is the big choice. Uh, I went path of the zealot. Now, this is typically like a little bit of like, okay, are you some sort of religious, you know, you know, you know, radiant ASMR type thing? But the cool thing is this in the party, which makes sense if you're reborn, is that now to like raise use raise dead on you yeah for free you don't have any cost as long as they can, right. somebody knows how to cast the spell or well, same with revivify frankly which is just even lower level you go down failure death saves as long as the party can very quickly now hit yeah. you with revivify no diamond required nothing just cast the spell and boop you're back up mm. um or you know Failing that, if they're high enough level and don't have certain spells prepared, well, wait till the next day and use Boom, raise no cost. Exactly. Uh, and then, yeah. And yeah. then you come back, and I wonder if, like, coming back as a reborn like that, it's like another, like, it's all blank again. <laughs> like, every time you come back like that, you're like, as a, the path of Zealot, you're just like, who are you guys? What's going on? Mm. Yeah. That's. It's like a hard reboot. <laughs> on and off again you know yeah without pushing the save button you've just delete all everything that was in the random access memory is gone yeah uh then for divine fury which is a feature they get as well more of a combat feature for them um if you're familiar with the asha from critical role although i don't remember her using this feature she can add a d6 radiant damage plus half her barbarian level damage every time she hits something with an attack once per turn though um, that's for her an extra free in? 1d6 plus 7. I feel, I feel like, like she, I, I want to say that she it? does, but I feel like she doesn't, um, which pains me because I feel like she's so frustrated and she isn't doing enough damage or being enough barbarian. I feel like she's just missed the small feature. But I know. instead of Radiant... If I was her DM... Okay, enough, I enough. Would sit, but I know, like, her DM is no, like, he's such a joke. No, no critical role hate. We love critical role. I know. And, but it's um, fun to make fun of Matt Mercer. It is fun. Uh, I chose necrotic damage instead like of radiant. Up. So it's a little Sorry? bit. It's, you chose what? I chose necrotic damage instead of radiant damage. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Mm, like radiant yeah, death. Yeah, why would I pick? So that way, free every turn, extra d6 plus half my barbarian level plus rage damage. And then once we get to rogue, if I can stack that with rele- uh, reckless attack as well, we've got some fun stuff going on. You know, free advantage. Yeah. And then on top of that, I've got. Um, 
So you're going to get sneak your attack sneak, for free. I get sneak, sneak attack, attack for free. You get your sneak attack every turn, and you'll get your necrotic damage. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I get my strength rage bonus because I'm still using a finesse weapon, but I'm using strength for it. And we'll get to that in a minute. But um, Phantom Rogue Did you, is, is and that's legit. Portable. You're allowed to do that. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like the rogue here. I'll read you sneak attack quickly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. It. Uh, the attack must use a finesse or ranged weapon. Doesn't need to use, you know, dexterity, but it right. has to be finesse or ranged. So you could use a you finesse can, you, weapon, and that also means you can use strength to throw things. But the well, the thing is that throwing weapon still needs to have finesse Does or it? the ranged property. But throwing weapons do have ranged properties. Okay, then boom, no worries. Yeah, sure. you can use any thrown weapon for. Actually, you know, you're you're right, hundred percent right. Uh, so that's first level. Instead of going fourth level barbarian, and we'll never touch barbarian again, we go into rogue. Uh, first so it's level. four levels of barbarian. Three levels. Three of levels. Just to three get levels your, of your zealot and that's right to get zealot and all the other things that come before that, um, which is nice. And it gives us some you know choices further on if we do. We want to continue with rogue. Do we want to continue with barbarian? It's up to us. Truly, if you're multi making a multi class character. Like it almost takes fifth or sixth level. It's true before you get anywhere. It you, took you, us to. It takes sixth level if you want to get both subclasses. It's really impossible to make one that's like lower that does much good. That Unless said, you have a, a. I did make class. a fourth level. Fourth level. Exactly. If you have a rogue, class, which, fighter scout, which is. If you have helpful. a class, which you know you pick the subclass at first or second level, then it's a little faster. But if you want to get some of those cool features well, from both, of, it does take the, time. The whole point of taking one one dip into fighter was mm. for fighting style. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, you can and, go further for action surge for, or whatever, um, right? Proficiencies. The uh, ability to get second wind. Oh, well, that's also first level feature. I was Just, gonna. I thought you were going to say heavy crossbow because that's a big well, part yeah, of that, that character, that, that right? as well. Proficiencies. Yeah. Uh, first level if you, of... If you want to find out more about the character, look back in our episodes. Was it episode one, episode or two? Maybe right like about that. second episode or somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, way back in the catalog. sneakiest uh, of... Uh, uh, scouts, um, mm. my Furbolg, who doesn't get played much because, again, that is only a table game. Feels like it's finished. We'll see. What's well, more than not. that? We've had people move away and all sorts of stuff. Oh so yeah, that's a bit of a shame. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Oh dear. Maybe you could do a quick sit, like send off or something like that. Maybe, well, well, but... maybe we can recruit new players. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, we get sneak attack as well, which is a it. Once we reach third level in rogue, an extra two d six plus our one d six from. Uh, barbarian but i'll get all those calculations a little bit later thieves can't doesn't really matter cunning action is nice once we've raged on following turns we can then you know not waste our bonus action um we can bonus action dash all those fun things disengage hide whatever you want to do and then for third level when we choose our archetype we go phantom so this gives them gives us the phantom zealot which means we can whales that was very cool i did get that it's a very gothic sound in general. I think it, most people the recognize organ that. Sounds, Even yeah. if not from Phantom of the Opera, just from somewhere spooky. Uh, but at third level, you can essentially target a second creature with your sneak attack, although it only does half what it normally would. So you can I, hit a couple creatures. I have a whole like playlist of like spooky organ music that I'm waiting to unleash on my players in the Curse of Strahd once they get into Ravenloft. Into Ravenloft Castle. Nice. Yeah. Mm. And then also Whispers of the Dead, which means every long rest, you want a new skill? Boom. Want a new tool proficiency? Boom. Is it you long switch rest, out, did though. you say? Uh, no, actually every short rest. Anytime you want, just like. Every rest boom, you do, boom, switch boom. it. So even, hey, at higher levels, this is a little bit thinking ahead. If you just made a Phantom Rogue, uh, forget this build. At 11th level, you get something called Reliable Talent. Whenever you make an ability check that lets you add your proficiency bonus, you can treat a, a D20 roll of 9 or lower as a 10 then that means take a short rest by 11th level well it'd be 14th because of your but anyways yes go on no or if you were just making if you were just making, were just making, making a straight, a straight up so at 11th level you essentially oh we uh, uh, we really need to be able to be super good at this you know give me um, an hour yeah like oh we this history check is crucial you know give me an hour to sit and think about it or like investigation check with this puzzle if we don't solve it we all die you know but we can take a short rest and then we can give it a go right essentially you sit there like in two hours role you know, play like exactly sitting there thinking about it and suddenly you're like okay i'm feeling <sighs> good about this. this i've got this you know um yeah. and yeah you can roll then uh treat it even if you roll super low you're as a been 10. doing this with the reborn which is kind of an interesting thing as well because mm. it could almost be like 
with the reborn because they have such spot sheets memories of things they suddenly well you can also add a d6 after, to it after a short rest would be like hey wait a second so it's coming back to me now i yeah. used to be able to do this thing and then suddenly your character can kind of do it and it kind of explains away a little bit of how the heck did they gain proficiency in or something. yeah instead of taking that normal long rest and sleeping on it they are literally up all night sketching and and thinking and in 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 you know tossing and turning you know and they're not they don't well sleep, they don't really sleep the same way you know so. and they're, they're just like up all night and they're like everyone wakes up and they're like still awake you know with the coffee and the laptop you know or whatever and it's like oh, i figured it out i've cracked the puzzle that could be fun for a necromancy wizard as well something like that it's a cool idea uh but that's sort of where we leave off um sixth level you know you think you'd get more but uh, actually isn't is actually a whole lot once you have a look at it but it is kind of a fun way to, like because you're because you're putting this this both the phantom idea in there mm. with the reborn and with the, the zealot the necromantic zealot necrom- yeah necrom- like all zealot. of that stuff kind of works together and like you're saying like you know you don't often make barbarians mm. but this isn't really i mean okay yeah so you still made a strength, it's a strength character. you still made a strength character but they're less they're less like obviously barbarian mm. um it's interesting i actually saw another article very recently as well that was uh like a blog post making an argument that conan the barbarian if you actually are a big fan of him and you know read all the novels and books he uh he actually is much more of a rogue than he is a barbarian and i thought oh that's an interesting sort of take on on conan um but then now sort of seeing how you've built this out, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we both. can make a strength rogue. Yeah. And strength rogues can be kind of, you know, with the, with a little touch of barbarian in there, with that rage thrown mm. in, suddenly, wow, okay, rage is great. Like, if your rogue normally as a glass cannon, you know, is going to get killed if it gets into melee with, by going into yeah. rage, then you're like, okay, well, that Double effectively doubles my hit points yeah. up. Um, free advantage on you know free sneak attack every turn if you take reckless attack like, how did you, how did your ac work out with okay the... well, well that's the thing we'll go over I, I do want to go over my abilities eventually but we can look at some quick statistics um i put 16 in my strength oh i suppose these are my totals i didn't put them in uh with point by i used uh, so i have 16 in strength 12 in dexterity 14 in constitution 12 in intelligence 12 in wisdom and 10 in charisma so charisma is my lowest at 10 so nothing negative that's amazing which is quite good um the nice thing about versatile applying abilities where you want to apply them it does mean that my dexterity is a little lower than i want it to be which does make my you know initiative and ac sort of suffer a little bit and dex saves um but that's okay um, my initiative is plus one Proficiency bonus plus three, a bunch of advantage on disease and deck saves and death saves and all sorts of things. Uh, fairly good saving throws across the board. Uh, lots of great proficiencies. AC 15. So not... With no armor, though. With no armor, though. Right. If you put on some armor, I mean, that's a better than chain shirt, then it would get better. But I, I'm also using a shield, keep in mind. Because uh, you're a barbarian. And I've got... That's right. And I've got 53 hit points, which... Right around 106 if you can effectively use rage what was your weapon of choice uh my weapon of choice was a whip although really you can use any finesse weapon you want whip it good so yes whip is a finesse weapon shield and a whip sure very castlevania if you're familiar with that game series um but you could pick short sword if that's more your jam scimitar rapier of course i know about castlevania you could use a dart funnily enough uh, you could use a dagger as well. Uh, also, anything with the throne property, which is also, you know, hand axes, javelins, light hammers, although you have to be throwing them to get the sneak attack bonus. Uh, spears, uh, any of the ranged weapons, or something like, a, are there any throne martial weapons? Tridents? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like the whip because it did sort of remind me of Castlevania a little bit, just sort of fits the gothic theme a little bit um but you could really uh, a rapier is probably a better option in terms of damage output um i did want to use a war pick but unfortunately war picks do not have the finesse property i wish they did i truly truly wish they did uh i'm 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 gonna tell you i'm a war pick guy now i've been converted you like war picks i like war picks man they're sick they're like scythes essentially you know i think oh it's like a little pickaxe no 
Would you call a battle axe just a little, like, you know, chopping wood? No, it's a battle axe. A war pick. It's a big it spiky up. thing on a stick. No, no, no. That's a, that's a mace, something like that. A war pick. Doesn't it have, like, like a long, pointy sort of... Well, it's, it's sort of imagine, like, a... Yeah, like a, like a hammer. Yeah, like a... But instead of using the hammer side of the hammer, imagine, like, the little the pulling claw teeth yeah. at the other end. Imagine those getting extended out, becoming bigger, like saber tooth bigger. Yeah. And yeah, swinging it down. So yeah, I say stick with a spike on it, but it's like more than that. It's like yeah, it's a big. And it's got weight on the other side it's, of it. If as you well. seriously, people will be like, oh, you want to play a scythe? Use a whatever. You know, it doesn't really do slashing in the same way, but it does. It kind of looks like a little one-handed scythe. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's got like a little I beak kind of out to it. It's cool. I, I like kind it of a lot. wish that there was a little bit more like between bludgeoning, slashing, and piercing. There isn't a whole lot of piercing on the a little the bit of side. like you know we don't do a lot where you sort of see creatures that are just toughened to one of those three mm. right it's usually all or none magic well, I, or not I think magic we've talked about it before going back to that idea of soft resistances that yeah. aren't just straight up damage or, or stat stuff um, but that could be like conditions like i have elemental ones that if you get burnt it, it means they take fire damage at the start of every turn that's a condition i made right or a, a corroded one when something you know takes critical acid damage where it's sort of melts or if it has that soft vulnerability like it melts through its armor a little bit uh temporarily right yeah. just as a, a quick way to change the tide of battle especially for elementalists out there who are like trying to be a little bit more creative with you know attacking vulnerabilities or creating you know different debuffs and enemies which makes it a little bit more like a uh an MMORPG or like a sort of a game like that where you've got to be a little bit more tactical with what kind of damage type you're using. Because right now, what's the point in using any damage type besides that it might have a resistance or a vulnerability to it? Like there's no reason, you know, towards anything in terms of damage. Yeah. The damages don't do anything besides having that name damage, you know? Like the only reason that one damage type is better than another is because a certain percentage of monsters have resistance to it or immunity to it or whatever or vulnerability to it right and that's why you know things like radiant are not really necrotic as much anymore but force is so coveted is because nothing has resistance to it hardly anything right i just did a, a little google search for uh castlevania whip and like i pretty much i think i've like found a picture that's of him of, of your character pretty yeah, quickly cool. it's also um, got a short sword there as well if you want to be a little bit closer up a little bit higher damage output but like a scimitar or something on his side but i like that that's actually quite cool so yeah it was sort of like the idea i think like the whip kind of goes around the vampire's neck somehow sure and it was a, i think it was a chain with a cross on it at one point it wasn't just a whip but you could call your whip that i suppose right like yeah, why not uh so it doesn't have to just be indiana jones style but here is our total damage uh by sixth level once we've multi-classed if you can get your sneak attack off we will do uh, 1D, let's, let's yeah, use the whip, chain, 1D4 chain with the whip. Actually, let's do the short sword because it's all chain, D6s. Google chain whips, folks. Wow. Those are pretty For cool. audio listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry you can't see the picture of this really my, beautiful chain with the thing I hate most about podcasts, podcasts but, that but go, seriously, hey, check out this image. It's like, oh my I God. can't check it out. But look, yeah, I, I was sort of like blase about your whip there for a minute. And then you mentioned Castlevania. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that game from like 1986. It's got reach. It's and a I'm reach like, weapon. Like, what was that about? And now I've just been Googling pictures of chain whips from the game and... and other, it doesn't do like, a lot of damage, and if you but thought, it's a cooler If dagger. you thought that the war mm. uh, pick was cool, chain whips, man. Yeah. Chain whips are where it's at. Only does a D4 damage. I think a chain whip but, should do more. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to do short can, sword can or whips, scimitar, can be chain D6. whips grapple? No. They should not. be able to. Well, you could just say it. you're grappling a I creature your, by... I was your DM. I'd let you... What, what are the rules with grapples? Do you have to be within five feet of something? Or just within reach of the weapon? Yeah, you'd sort of think, like, could Hold you on. use... Like, it, it does seem like it should be... You should be able to put the grappling property onto that weapon. Like, I don't think any weapon has a grappling property. But there are plenty of monsters who, when they make a hit, can Dad, grapple. Check this out. The target of your grapple must be no more than one size larger. It must be within your reach. And so the reach of the whip is 10 feet. Well, there you go. So, so you, I guess rules is written. You can it's grapple basically something saying with your that, whip. Yeah. Is it making an attack roll? You're making a strength, uh, contested strength with it? Yeah. 
contested strength check with your whip to uh, grapple a creature that's 10 feet away from you. Huh. That's cool. You can. Okay, guys. <laughs> wow. You can grapple creatures with your whip. You heard it here first. Breaking news. We've just read the rules for grappling for the 100th <laughs> raging, time and just re- recognized that it said reach. Mm. If you're raging, there's advantage on that. And as a reborn, it's a skill check, right? Well, so you can add a d6 to it. Normally we would think of grappling as an unarmed attack. Well, but, it's a contested strength check. Yeah, but it never says that anywhere that you're using your hands necessarily. Maybe you no. are using your shield or your sword or Absolutely. whatever it is that you've got to try and... Yeah help hold on and so to now the our bugbear cavalier with the, his weird 20 foot reach can grapple anything within 20 feet of him that's crazy <laughs> that's stupid i hate that <laughs> so dumb <laughs> 20 feet wait i grapple you what how's that impossible <laughs> uh yeah well he doesn't have that reach all the time because he has to make the lunging maneuver to mm. get that and stuff so i'm not sure um, but yeah, as a DM, I might f- change the flavor of that a little bit so that you still have to make an attack roll and then get the grapple. Uh, so I you don't make know. it a little harder? Why not? And, and oh, then, why but, then af- but then after that, for them to break it is contested. Yeah. Well, uh, or something like if that. If it is a skill check, then fun thing with our reborn and our, our barbarian combo, not a bad thing right there if you want to try and grapple someone. Uh, you you hit them with the grapple. Not only do you have expertise in athletics, which is, by the way, one of the expertises I took, so you have a plus nine with advantage and a d6 if you want to dump it from your reborn feature. So, not bad. Uh, in term- with advantage plus nine, what's that on average? Like, 10 is your average roll, let's say. Advantage is like a, uh, usually a plus five. Plus nine, 24, plus a d6 around, let's say, even take the lower end of that, plus two. That's like a 28, 29, 30 as a sixth level character if you roll super well. Or not even rolling. Yeah, I mean. Like rolling average, you know? Rolling. And if say, what would happen if you rolled a two? If you rolled a two on your athletics check, you still have a, an 11. Well, you With advantage, you rolled a two? Yeah. Then that's pretty unlucky. I rolled a one and a two. That yeah. sucks. You still have an 11 plus a d6, which say you get a little bit luckier with your d6. Uh, d6, 17. Bottom end is twelve, say. Eventually, once you get reliable talent, bottom, you can bottom, grapple bottom end of that would be eleven, I suppose. But um, yeah, I suppose with reliable talent, you can't get below. Yeah, so essentially, you'd be guaranteed like nineteen with advantage. So like minimum nineteen plus your d six if you wanted to add it. But the d six is limited. You only have that a couple times. Yeah, it's rare that you see a rogue with good strength using reliable talent to grapple to grapple things it's a scary combo though once someone reaches that you know threshold like yeah like they're you're done you know that's actually fun you know strength rogues try out the whip you know so for your if you were to go up one more level take an asi would you just pump those points into say your decks or your uh wisdom to boost your ac wisdom to boost ac uh constitution you mean? So dex and constitution. Wisdom is monks. My bad. Yeah. Uh, constitution uh, for... Constitution and dexterity. The constitution yes. gives me better hit points. It gives me better AC. But your constitution already sits at plus two, right? It does already sit at and plus your dex two. is only sitting at plus one. So That's another right. two points there. Bring that one up. Would also help with your... Uh, dex saves. Dex and saves and your initiative, right? Initiative as well. So it's sort of really a choice at that point. Or up your strength. Get even better grappling potential. Mm. You know, extra one... To hit having in with having sixteen AC rather than fifteen though is it's true. That's always a nice I, thing to have. But it's like then it's like the argument: Do I want more hit points and better con saves, or do I want better initiative yeah. and better deck saves? And that's really a choice for you at that point. Mm. Um, how you want to build it? I would go Constitution because that feels like the right way to play. Yeah, it. well, you're but, right because in in some ways, if you're making a strength build, you might as well make a strength build. You know, like because uh, I want to be up close. You know, then and otherwise, still, why am I not? AC, why am I just you know? using my finesse weapons too? It does mean your AC is still a bit low, but, or sorry, your initiative, but that's okay. In terms of damage, though, mm. you think normally, okay, whatever, my, my guy's doing 1d4 with a, a thing plus sneak attack sometimes, that's still pretty good. You know, that's like 1d4 plus 2d6, but also now we can add our, um, every turn, our Divine Fury while we're raging, right? Yeah, and this is, these are the important things to remember when you're thinking about what weapon you're going to use. And a d6 to The weapon character. damage, for the most part, there's not a huge amount of difference um, between, say, okay, so a D4 and a D8, right? Potentially, your upside is you could have up to four more points of damage mm. on a D8 weapon. Um, 
but where you actually see in the game the damage adding up typically is on those other features right yeah it's the How other else things do you pump that, yeah. other dice into the role plus your modifiers exactly modifiers is where the real stuff because um, that's guaranteed it's not are, it doesn't fluctuate exactly. it's because it's you can still damage. you could have a d12 weapon or a that's two, why sharpshooter is so good because it's not like you get an extra d6 or like an extra d10 you just get an extra five. you know 10 or damage 10, right? yeah, for minus it's not like oh a potential extra d10 damage you get nope you just get 10 damage which is why it's so powerful right yeah like if it was just like oh extra d10 if you hit then that could just be one extra damage you know and that could have caused it to miss you know not a great feat but since it's guaranteed with that modifier it's unbelievable but with our whip we do 1d4 plus 3d6 plus 4 uh plus 2 from raging as well so 1d4 let's say that's around say 3 it, damage let's, let's go bottom end let's say 2 2 okay and let's then for our, our, our 3d6 let's go uh so we'll we'll call those four three four um, like 11 with that well let's call them threes ago we'll, we'll go three, three, three. all right all right so it's 11 damage at that point plus one from the uh, Divine Fury. Uh, plus three. 15. From our strength. And plus two from our rage. 17. So even on a low end, as yeah. a sixth level character, dealing 17 damage. Hey. Yeah, prob- or better. Probably. Or better. Or better. Those are bad you're, rolls. You're not going to you know? have much below that too often. No. Um, so you should be, you know, insured at least 15 damage every did round. Did you get your sneak attack in there? I did get sneak yeah, attack. That was the 3d6, right? Mm. So yeah, 17 from a, from a cool weapon is okay. The question is, do you want to go barbarian and get the extra attack, or do you want to go eventually, you know? Or do you want to go rogue and get the uncanny dodge and evasion and eventually reliable talent? Yeah, well, and you keep adding sneak attack dice. And it's true, your sneak attack does ramp up. You know, your divine fury only ramps up by half your barbarian level, where, you know, every two levels, your rogue sneak attack goes up by d6. Yeah. That was like an extra three points of damage. And if you crit on those, it's monster. It's crazy. Well, plus with the divine fury, if we crit with this guy, it's 2d4 plus 66. Plus an extra 2d6 to a guy, you know, next to us. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. So there's, and yeah, I, I guess my point is that whether you've got a d4, d6, or d8 weapon probably doesn't make a huge difference. Um, no. And if you were like, yeah, I mean, there are some barbarians out there who go for the big yeah, two-handed great weapon. Yeah, 30, 40, d10, 15 d12, points of d12, 2d6 Crazy. things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those, those help. Brutal critical. You know, because you're... 2d6 is your best weapon because your averages yeah. are going to be more consistent. Seven, right? Yeah, you're going to have more like six, seven, eights than you are anything else. Mm. It also means you don't get the high numbers as much. You'll actually probably get higher numbers on a d12 than you will on 2d6. Or lower numbers on a d12. The minimum yeah, you get your on swing, a... Your swing is going to be way bigger. It's uh, true. Like the maximum variance. on a d12 is a 12, and the minimum on a d12 is a 1, but sure. on the d6 but it's But just the averages work out yeah. you, as you roll the, the 2d6. 2d6 is better... Let me tell you, 2d6 is better than 1d12. Yeah. It's it just more consistent is yeah. what it is. You can bank on... In always, like, you know, statistically has a chance of being higher than and a d12. But, again, if you really want to play them in max game in D&D, if you want to make your but character feel... But that's not the game feel, we're playing. We're no, playing a game saying, of fun and role If you want to make it, make sure you get the bonuses. Make sure you that's get true. your Don't modifiers forget. and stuff in there. Those are the things that really make yeah. the the big difference over the long term. Exactly. And ca- Google Castlevania Chain Whips. Oh, my God. Very cool. Last thing, though, not a bad skill monkey. If there's anything about being a rogue is that you do get good skills, especially with the way I've laid out, you know, 12 across most of my mental stats as well as my, you know, good, you know, physical stats. I could have had a higher dexterity. I could have even pushed up my constitution a little bit more uh, instead. But I chose to, honestly, you could make a simple change here um, by, you know, taking some out of, you know, intelligence and then, you know, your ASI is free. Okay, well, I'll just pick a feat which gives me constitution then that's a guaranteed plus three, plus I get some other thing, right? But um, really, I wanted to make it so you had plus one in most things. Uh, so you're always going to be pretty good with skills, um, no matter what, or have at least some level of, of competency, and that your saves aren't going to be uh, really bad, as, as most barbarians typically see. Like their int saves, whiz saves, charisma saves, all pretty you know rubbish. Most of their skills are pretty bad, except for like you know strength and intimidation. And as a rogue with expertise, you're even better at those things. Uh, to cap off and with languages surprisingly got a lot of languages i don't know how this happened but he's got abyssal common elvish and undercommon isn't that crazy oh by the way for background i took um haunted one classic 
Yeah, that goes well with with everything you got going on there. That's right. Heart of darkness, baby. People just like see you come in the room and go, oh, "There's something broken about him." <laughs> exactly, and they're willing to fight for me, which you don't usually see about NPCs. It literally says they're will they're probably to take up arm for leave the for monster you. alone. Yeah, he's just misunderstood. Yeah, exactly. All right, everyone, we're reaching the hour mark. Thank you so much. It's for joining like us. ever. Very hard to finish a campaign, and it's very hard to finish an episode, an episode. of Life Dragon. There's so much we want to talk about. The, the, the only thing you can do mm. is just walk away from the microphone. All right, we're out. See you again next week, folks. Mm.